0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. And as usual, 51551 is our text number. Uh, Marlene, of course, give Marlene good, uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. And how is Aaron today? Um, Aaron is good. Um, he's at school at the moment. Yeah. Well, apart from apart from the um, the horror that you went through and Aaron went through, this this hopefully, Marlena will serve as a warning to other parents about the dangers of this type of battery because they're everywhere now. They're known as a button battery or a coin battery or the little circular uh, battery which you can buy now in packets of sixty for for watches or various new electrical gadgets that are around. When did you re- realise, Marlene, that there was something wrong with Aaron? Um, I realised uh, straight away when the, when the accident happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you could hear him straight away. He's in the distress that something wrong is, is happening to him. Yeah. And when did, you, was he, when did you say to yourself... This, what he's after, he's after swallowing one of these um, new button lithium coin-shaped batteries, very attractive little silvery <laughs> things. Yeah, so he was just a baby um, and mm. he was at that age when they start crawling and yeah. opening things. And so we were trying to prepare the house for my, for, for the baby to start crawling and going around uh, okay. around the house. Yeah. Um we were very cautious of having those baby walkers because they're you know, unhealthy for babies' hips. Okay. So I decided I don't. <coughs> excuse me. So okay. I decided I don't want anything. I, yeah. I decided I don't want anything like that because we've been very cautious about his hips. Yeah. So I said we won't use this. I will let him crowd on the on the floor. Okay. So we were preparing the house. So uh, when the time comes, I I make sure to to clear everything which may be in the reach of Aaron's hands. Yeah, yeah. So a day before I was clearing the the, um, the drawers there and in that particular drawer where he was beside when I found him, we were kept in um, batteries and yeah. spare parts for the dishwasher machine and yeah. that's normal stuff. Yeah. Um, so I cleared that one day prior. So I was having, I was dealing with those batteries. I was putting her in the, in the shelf uh, higher up. Okay. And when I look down at him and I see him beside this drawer, you will have that feeling you will have, oh my God. But yeah. you try and, okay, let's. And I seen him purple flopping. He starts, you know, goggling and uh, having a difficulties to breathe. You, you know, he, his mm. body changed the color immediately. Wow. So I knew that I have to do something. So I was hoping maybe he still have it in his mouth and yeah, he's trying yeah. to, to deal with it, to put it, push it down. And I said, Aaron, could you give it to mommy? And, you know, his eyes and, you know, he wasn't breathing. And so um, he made that gulp and I said, oh, my God, oh, my God. So and then, OK, I need to get it out. So I put my two fingers into his throat to check yeah. whatever he's still reminding into in his throat because he's not breathing. I have to do something. So I was trying to get it out. But obviously, when I put two fingers deep in his throat, he vomits. Yeah. Um, so he he vomits uh, he vomits saliva and he and you could hear that breathe you know that we that he you know he got air yeah. um 
so he starts his color started getting his color started getting um, to normal. He was getting pink again, and I was thinking, oh my god, relief! He's breathing. So okay, he's breathing. Yeah. And then the next thing you are you you good is telling you there's something not okay. He's breathing, but it's he's different. Yeah. Um, so I was observing him for a few minutes, and he was like something was really hard on him. So I said, okay, maybe to be on the safe side. Uh, he's nice and pink, but something's telling me he's mm-hmm. not okay. And okay. You, could see, I, you could see that he's in distress. So I took the phone and I called, um, I called the, the, the GP. Yeah. So when, when the secretary picked up the phone, I told her exactly why I'm calling and that uh, my son, he choked um, on something he couldn't breathe and that I put two fingers into his throat that he's... He vomits saliva and um, he's just not okay. I don't feel he's okay. Yeah. Uh, so she said to me, "Okay, come in, come in straight away. Um, just, just come in straight away." And I said, "Fine, see you in in, in a few minutes." Great. So um, I, I I grab him. He he vomited again, I think. And so I I grab him and I just spin to the I just spin to the uh, the GP practice. I parked the car. I went in. You know, I as we went in and after such a horrible things happen to your son. Uh, I went straight away to the um, secretary um, room and I said, we just arrived and that she will know that she will let the GP yeah. know that we're there. And she told me to take a seat in the waiting room. So I went to the waiting room. I put my iron on the lap and you could see how he's troubled that he, he's, uh, he's not okay. Um, and he was he was looking like very very tired, and you know he just wake up. It's, it's, it's just after ten o'clock. He should be you know bubbling and mm-hmm. and he was looking so tired and he was so you know on my lap. Um, and then I was waiting and you know what you can do. You just sitting there. You wondering yourself why you haven't been seen. Uh, you know it's such mm-hmm. an important case. And um, then we were been called to the nurse room. Mm-hmm. I went with Aaron to the nurse room and I told her exactly what happened. And then as I was saying to her what happened this morning, that I uh, seen him choking on something and I tried to retrieve the item and uh, he just pukes alive and nothing comes up and that he was purple. He couldn't breathe. And then when he puked, he gasped the air and then he was having difficulties. So Aaron is sitting on my lap and he was making that like he's going to vomit again. So the nurse said to sit down closer to the sink. Uh, so if he vomits, he will vomit straight away to the sink. So um, I told her that he wake up perfect, perfectly normal. And then when I was making a coffee and I was pouring that water, so that's what you need, a split second. Yeah. Because that's how long it, it took me not to look at him. Um, and then when I look at him again, he was in trouble and uh, he was purple and he was, you know, <laughs> so she said, okay. And um, I think she checked his, um, he checked his temperature right, and, right. and we were waiting for, and we were still waiting for, uh, for the doctor. Um, the doctor came in. Um, I tell her again what happened. So I told her exactly the same what I said to the secretary over the phone, the same what I said to the nurse. Um but uh, and I said I suspect that he swallowed something and that he was sitting on the floor that I let him crowd that in that drawer we were keeping the battery so there is possibility he might okay. swallow something with what I mess, missed you know yeah. they have very tiny batteries and maybe one was stuck to the side wall of the of the of the drawer 
Or maybe I was thinking maybe when my husband was changing the batteries in the remote control, you have those batteries those in your remote control for your, for your TV. The, the, yes. button, the button batteries, the little circular batteries. Yes. Little, some some yes. companies call them coin batteries, some call them button batteries. Um, yeah, they look like a five cent coin. Yes, yeah. yes, and they're silver, <laughs> invariably. Uh, they're very attractive, especially to, to children who think they're sweets or whatever. Um, yeah, so, so that's the discovering world that they're trying to, yeah. you know, that's why, yeah, that's so, part and, of them growing up. So, so that was the first visit to the GP and you were told to take fluids and paracetamol, is that correct? Yes, okay. uh, yes, and I questioned this. I said... Aaron wake up completely normal mm-hmm. as he will wake up every other day and only till that moment in the morning when I was making myself coffee when he choked and he couldn't breathe that's when it happened when he feels so worse from that split second um, so I, 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 I understand your argument yes. okay you're saying so, yes so, so, yeah. so you brought him home and I then, brought him and home. how was he? How was Aaron when you got him home? Now, I'm reminding people, Aaron is only 14 months old. Yes, um, so he was he was very tired, like lethargic. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't he wasn't happy. You could look like he's worried. And uh, so I tried to. So he didn't. Ha- he, he missed his breakfast. Okay, so now it's he needs to he need to eat something. So I tried to feed him, and nothing was going down. Okay. Nothing was going down. He was splitting everything and he was vomiting again. So wherever I tried to put it down, it, it wasn't staying. Uh, he was 14 months old baby and I was still breastfeeding him. So that was the only type of nutrition he, he was able to get. Everything mm-hmm. which would mm-hmm. I would feed him, spawn, he, he wasn't taken down. He was splitting everything. Nothing was able to, to go through. Um, so I was trying to say, okay... Maybe it's a viral infection, and they try to listen what you've been told that everything is okay. This is infection. Hmm. Kids sometimes have infection that. that and there had been, in fairness, there had been an infection in the family, had there not the previous weekends? Um, yes, the the previous weekend, my 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 daughter was sick, so uh, hmm. but she um, she wasn't vomiting and she had temperature. Okay. okay. When Aaron arrived Thursday to the GP, he had not have a temperature oh, okay. and he was vomiting. So yeah. his symptoms was completely different. Okay. So I took this into the account that my daughter was sick on previous weekend and that might be a viral infection. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, for me, it was completely different to both of my children. Okay. And the second thing, I... I know my child. I'm a mother, yeah, yeah. and the only loving parent will know the child best. Nobody yeah, else in okay. the world. And I knew it, something is not okay. So you went back to the GP the next day. So it's oh, before we went back to the GP the next day, you had the whole night with the toddler with the bottom battery stuck in the throat. So as you can imagine, and I don't know if if uh, probably everybody seen the X-ray picture. Yeah, how, incredible. Yeah. How. Yes, how big was the battery to yeah. comparing to Aaron Aaron throat and Aaron neck? Yeah. So every time when we were trying to put Aaron to to sleep, he was having difficulties with breathing because for sure yeah. that battery was putting pressure on his on his throat and on his airways. So he was getting purple and very very sick. And I was getting out of my 
You were panicking. You were panicking. Was, you were out of your panicking. mind. You were out of your mind with worry. I was, yes. I couldn't sleep and I was thinking. And so we were awake. And I was going to the hospital and I was not going to the hospital. I had an all backpack. Everything was ready to go to the hospital. But I was saying, okay, the, the medical practitioner um, told you everything is okay. He has mm-hmm. nothing in his throat. He's fine. He has only viral infection. Mm-hmm. I'm just over overreactive parent, uh, okay, mm-hmm. and I should so I should just come down and he has an infection. Everything will be fine. I just have to, you know, and uh, everything will be fine. So we were in sleep and and then first thing in the in the morning, uh, first thing in the morning, uh, I took my son back to the GP. Oh, actually, during during that night, yeah, okay. uh, you could hear the wheeze and how he was having difficulties mm-hmm. to breathe that night. So I record everything because you know maybe my words, what I was saying, wasn't enough mm. for somebody to make a judgment or decision on this. So I thought if I will record something else to have a proof in my hand, listen, this is what's okay. going on, and this is how he's breathing. Maybe that will prove my point or yeah. um, so I record him I record him um, having difficulties breathing on the next morning yeah. Yeah. on my phone yeah. yes and the next morning I went and I went back to the GP yeah and still no no progress on uh, no. discovering the battery uh, no I showed the recording to the doctor mm-hmm. um, the the doctor um, said that this is uh, just a viral infection that this is croup and I was asked if I know what the croup is mm-hmm. um, she sat down in front of her uh, computer and she googled croup and she told me to read what the croup is that I will understand the symptoms of that um, uh, sickness now well, so, let's let's um, you, you've sent us in let's hear that that piece that you um, and I, I'm very conscious that you're panicking. I, I would panic. Any parent would panic. Anybody would panic. Um, just let's let's hear that recording. Now that would that would frighten the living life out of anybody. Now I'm also yeah. I'm also saying to people to listeners oh. today. I know people look around their house now and they go for the the washing the the, the, the washing powder capsules and their yeah the powder. washing of liquid. Yeah. If you have any of these batteries in your house, and this is no blame on anybody, if you have any of these little button coin silver batteries in your house, and everyone has them, will you immediately now put them away, put them out of they are so so dangerous. But anyway, this this could have been anyway. This is not the 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 argument in this case because you went to the GP a second time and you played that recording and the GP there uh, uh, his or her judgment was um, this is a viral. When did you when did you eventually go to the hospital? So. Um, on that on that day, Aaron was prescribed antibiotics and other medicine, mm-hmm. and um, so I was trying to administrate that medicine. And again, nothing was going down, okay. and he was choking every time when I was oh. trying to put anything to his to his uh, to his mouth. So 
and he was deteriorating and he was getting worse and, and worse. So I was having that feeling that that it's gonna be very bad. And if I'm right and he's really have that bottom battery in his in his throat, it may he needs all the help and I should listen to my to my to my gut. So I took him, I, I drove him to to the emergency department in Galway Hospital. Yeah. Um, I drove him to the emergency department in the Galway Hospital, and then when we arrived, um, there was I think it was early morning, um, very early morning, and mm-hmm. there was no other kids in the pediatric department, just Aaron. Okay. And um, so the nurse came in and she she took uh, she started asking questions what happened so I ex- ex- and again I told her from the start to the to the end what happened that on that day he wake up completely normal and then I seen him yeah. talking on something that I that might be a battery yeah. so yeah. I I want to thank that nurse for taking that note and for listening to me. Because in the note, that nurse did record there yes, was a suspicious, a suspicion about a battery. Yes, she did put that in in in, yeah. in the in, yes, and um, but there was no so X-ray. She, there was no X-ray taken. No, there was. So the nurse told me we just need to wait for the registrar, and we have to wait for another doctor from the pediatric unit. But she told me the procedure now will be that they will take an X-ray mm-hmm. and we will go to the ward. So this is what she told me. And then we've been seen by the doctors. I was saying every single doctor, every single team, exactly what happened step by step. So imagine me repeating this after and not seeing an erection. I was saying that I think he swallowed the battery and I was asking, and you know, they were listening mm-hmm. to his chest and they obviously could uh, could hear the, the struggle there. And... Um, and they obviously could hear the struggles, and I was asking them, and they said, "This is the viral infection. Your son has it." And I said, "Are you sure? Because are you sure he's like?" And then he has nothing in his throat. And I said, "Are you sure there is nothing in his throat?" So the doctors was turning to me, and they were saying, "There is nothing in his throat." Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, the, we were waiting for the registrar to to do an X-ray, and then the nurse came back to me and she said, "Mommy, is your son on med- any medication?" Mm-hmm. So I turned around to that nurse and I said, "Yes, he was prescribed antibiotic yeah, yeah. and some steroids by the GP." So the nurse have to go and say that to the doctor, and few minutes later she came back and she said, "You go in home," and mm-hmm. I asked. But what about the x-ray? Mm-hmm. And she said, there is no x-ray. Follow the GP instructions. Mm-hmm. And give your son plenty of ibuprofen and food and he will be fine. Even though you would try doing that. So, you, yes. so, you, so well, you had no choice. You couldn't barge your way into a consultant or whatever. So you, so you brought your son home again. And, I did. Yeah. I did. Again, I under had... under medical instructions, you were told to bring the child home. You're adamant yes. now. There is the, this is different. This is not a virus. This is not a temperature. Listen to his breathing. I can't get any food into him. And then when you went back to A and E, or you went back to your GP, so um, I, because the antibiotic and the steroids weren't working, and he was getting and Aaron was getting worse and worse and weaker and weaker with every hour. I took him back to the GP 
I was told again that this is the viral infection, maybe just a bad case of croup. And I was, so the medication isn't working. The medication isn't working. And I was, and Aaron was getting another prescription for more steroids. So it's the, the, it's, it isn't working, but we keep going that way. Yeah. I have no doubt we have to keep going that way, um, no matter what I was saying. Um, so uh, so when, I, uh, long before so you, you managed to get back to the hospital and convince them that an so, X-ray was necessary and they found the so, battery? Uh, and nine days later... Nine days later, when it was really bad, and I just had in my heart that he's he might he might die, and I just I just go there and I will not leave till they will do something. Mm. Um, but first, uh, uh, first I I yeah, um, I um, I I think he was he was in very bad state, so I took him to the GP um, and the he choked oh, yeah he choked and it was so bad I took him to the GP and again same story very bad case of croup she was given inhaler and sent mm. uh, sent home and as I was leaving the, the GP um, Aaron went purple again and he went very floppy and like uh, really bad he couldn't he couldn't breathe and the one of the receptionists uh, in the same building where the GP practice is she came mm-hmm. to me and she said, do you want me to call an ambulance? And okay. he was so bad. And I just said, I just go back to that doctor. I will see what he will say. And the doctor just <laughs> turned on the nebulizer. And uh, he he said that if Aaron will sit down a few minutes under the nebulizer, um, his airways will open up and he will be able to breathe better. So he was mm-hmm. sitting there a few minutes under the nebulizer. Um and then he he gave us the letter then to go to E&E uh, because that's a very bad case of croup. So mm. no, uh, so and he told me to drive my son, um, my son to the E&E. So I took my son and I drove all the way down from Tume to Galway. Um, and that's when it. And this is now you're you're bringing Aaron left, right, and centre. You're being told it's it's a it's a croup, a bad a, a, a case of croup or the whooping cough, as we used to call it. That's getting worse. You're now driving. How many days after you believed Aaron swallowed that battery was the X-ray actually taken? So the X-ray was taken nine and a half days later, and the battery was immediately evident. Yes, it was. When they did yeah. the x-ray, you couldn't miss the battery. And there. were you shown the x-ray, Marlena? Yes, I was there. So the the x-ray technician called me and she said, look, we found it, we found it. And I was relieved that they found yeah, it. Okay. I was relieved that they found it. And she said to me, I will go with you to the doctors to explain them. And she went down that corridor with us and they seen the x-ray. They seen what everybody mm-hmm. seen what's there. And even then they turned around to me and they said, this is not a battery. It looked like a coin. Or, mommy, did you mm-hmm. did you have anything else in that drawer? I was asked if that was anything else in that drawer. And they, was, they said, this is not a battery. 
I don't know, maybe they weren't aware about the shape of the bottom batteries that they are batteries. Yeah. Maybe they are expecting a double A battery. Yeah, no, they, I don't they, know. They, they, yeah, the triple A, which which would be almost. I know it's happened, but it's almost impossible to swallow. But um, and then I know this was two eighteen, um, but like today, I suspect in many households. Because we're turning into a cashless society, there's probably more of those button, silvery, uh, coin-shaped batteries in a house now than there are coins. But anyway, that's so. So they said it's a coin, um, which would be one thing. But a coin does not interact with saliva the way a battery would do. When you're told to get rid of coins, you're not told to go to a special facility uh, to recycle those batteries, especially those lithium batteries. So they are extraordinarily. Dangerous. So, so when did they discover that it was actually one of those dangerous batteries? Um, so it took, I, I asked my daughter to Google uh, bottom battery um, okay. image. And then when she had it on her phone, she went to the doctors and she showed them how the bottom yeah. battery is looking. And then they came and they said, we will go next to the theater. Wow. So it was. So the the X-ray was done just after five p.m. and my son went to the theater after nine p.m. Okay. to have that emergency uh, procedure to remove the battery from his uh, from his esophagus. And when was he transferred to Our Lady's Children Hospital in Dublin? Because um, you know that batteries are are very harmful. Yeah. Okay. And the battery was in my son's throat for nine and a half days, wow. and it uh, it did horrible damage to my son. Um, it basically burned, burned, burned him. Yes, the 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 battery burned its way from esophagus to trachea. Oh. So if you can imagine that, not only esophagus and trachea is there, you have blood vessels there as well. Mm-hmm. So if the battery was able to, you know, and it was very high risk of getting internal bleeding and, yeah. you know, he might even have that battery removed, the tissue was still inflamed and in a very bad state and he had oedema and so. So um, that night we been told that we will be admitted to the ward and um, if my son will... Uh, We'll survive the night will be okay by that night. The next morning we will be transferred to Crumlin Hospital. Right. So he was given he was given oxygen and they, mm-hmm. his veins were secure with, with the IVs and and then we spent a night in a pedi- in the pediatric ward in in Galway Hospital. Um, the next morning, uh, one of the wonderful doctors, the doctor who, uh, surgeon yeah. who, who removed the battery from Aaron Trout, you know, he was after his night shift, so he didn't have to, but mm-hmm. what he did, he did, came in early in the morning to check on Aaron. So I want to say a huge thank you to that doctor yeah, for yeah. coming in and checking up on us. Um, um, so, did, um, did you ever, after, when the battery was removed, Marlena, did you see the battery? Yes, um, oh, okay. uh, the doctor gave me that in in the little round in the box, bag. plastic yeah, okay. box. Okay, yes, and, the, and yes. you br- when you went when when uh, Aaron was transferred to the specialist in in um, in our lady's children's hospital, Crumlin. Um, I presume the battery was brought as well. Um, uh, 
maybe I had it with me, but no, okay. nobody was later no, asking okay. to, to, well, to, the, the, to, well, to. When you yeah. had, when you got to Crumlin with, well, obviously in an ambulance, um, did they say oh, actually we've heard of this before? Children swallowing this type of button battery. Uh, yes. Uh, they were much aware oh, okay. about button batteries. You d- didn't have to explain them what the button batteries are. They were aware about the issue and um, they knew it. That what the uh, they knew how hard it is to survive them. There were many victims. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There are many children who actually weren't that lucky as Aaron was. Mm-hmm. And even in the UK, I think a few years ago, there was a girl which unfortunately uh, did not make it. Yeah. Uh, even if the bottom battery will be removed, you know, the damage, the damage from yeah. the... Yeah. Yes. And how long, was, how long was Aaron in Our Lady's Hospital? So, um, so uh, nearly a month. So we spent yeah. five days in... Um, ICU, and then we spent three weeks uh, on the ward in, yeah. in the hospital. So nearly a month he was he was in the hospital. Okay. And so, how uh, what was the treatment needed afterwards? So the treatment, so uh, he, so the, the battery was removed, but he still had the fistula yeah. in between his esophagus and his trachea. So um, that uh, he. If the doctors, you know, um, because it was so hard to his arteries, because he's, he couldn't mm-hmm. breathe clearly, um, they, they, they had to do a lot of um, MRIs and they had to plan what they are going to do. Then mm-hmm. uh, there were lots of doctors helping us uh, to, to save my son's life. They were general surgeons, they were ENTs, they were um, mm-hmm. um, heart surgery um uh, so yeah. there were a lot of doctors and they all had to plan what to do and what's the most important uh, to make sure that my son will survive so they because it's uh, I don't know if uh, any other chart in Ireland ever go, go through it yeah we'll find um, out we'll find out because it's, it's yes it's, so, and, and has he is he is he still to have surgery now I know the HSE um, admitted uh, a breach of duty. There was no no admission of liability uh, by the GP in in the case, but they they both apologised and the HSE uh, paid out the the, uh, the the settlement. But he will require Aaron will require ongoing medical supervision, will he, because of the damage, Marlena? Uh, yes, yes. Um, so during that uh, medical procedure, his. Uh, um, his um, his trachea was partially removed. Yeah. More, more than a half of his trachea was removed because it was so badly damaged. Oh, yeah. um, he has um, his esophagus had to be put together because it had a good yeah. big uh, big uh, hole in it. Okay. So he has a, a structure of his um, esophagus which is scaring after having that battery and after trying to after the okay. doctors tried to fix it. Um, he okay. has um, some, some narrowings there, but okay. thanks God he's able he's able to swallow food. He has some dysmotility of his of his esophagus, so sometimes he's making. Um, and and how, Marlena, how are you? Uh, I, I, uh, 
I have a son. Yeah. Okay. And you're glad. I'm, I'm, yeah. happy, I'm glad yeah. he's alive. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, Marlene, the, the outcome could, you know. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I will not read out the figures. I'm reading earlier on from America, but with these button batteries, how fatal they can be. But anyway, Marlene, a kind regards to you and above all to Aaron and um, and uh, your 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 family. And also, I hope, I hope parents, everyone listening, realises the danger uh, that these batteries actually... Uh, and I know the companies say we put a bit of coating on it to make them bitter and repellent to children, but children don't see. They just pick up a little thing that looks like bright and silvery and in it goes, like everything else, in it goes into their mouth. Marlene, you're a, you're a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful mother and well done for what you've persisted on and well done for the lessons that are going to be learned by so many people from this. And kind regards to you uh, and to Aaron. That's Marlena Serkowski. Thank you again, Marlena. Thank you, Joe. Bye bye. Bye bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. I still think people aren't in. Uh, distress and surprise and action, hopefully, about those button batteries, those coin batteries. I was in the shop in Dublin city centre the other afternoon and they were practically given away, giving away those batteries. You buy them now in 52 pieces, 52 packs of all different sizes. They are extraordinarily dangerous, as you heard. And I didn't want to. Now, I'm sure Marlena, given her vigilance from the get-go, has already looked up. Like the number of fatalities in the United States of, uh, of America, where they're collating this, of children uh, who uh, swallowed those batteries. Now, Julie is on the line. Julie, good afternoon. Hello. How are you? Uh, good. What happened? First of all, you, li- you listen to Marlena, I hope. Yeah, I was listening to her. Um, yeah. And were you um, were you aware how dangerous those button coin batteries can be? No, to tell you the truth, I wasn't. Yeah. But that any kind of batteries, I suppose, can be. But you these know? these ones are so small, yeah. and they're so silvery. They're attractive looking. They look like yeah. they could look like a sweet. Whereas the other double A and triple A, uh, hopefully, and I know children have swallowed them. Um, but uh, hopefully they they are much more obtrusive and they might get caught in their mouth and you might be able to to uh, uh, get it out as Marlena tried with Aaron. But the battery that he swallowed was a, but- a button battery. Tell us your story about your son. Oh, yeah. Well, it's about my son. He's 26 years old now. This happened when he was three years old. OK, yeah. And um, I live in Kilkenny and we'd... we'd been down the town, I brought the other two sons to school and um, I brought Frankie down the town for a little while and I met someone, a friend or something, and they gave him a euro to get a few yeah, sweets, yeah, you yeah, know, so yeah. that was that. Anyway, when we got home, I took the euro off him and we didn't stop at the shop, but when we got home, he said to me, Mammy, can I have my euro, you okay. know, so I said... Um, Oh no, sure. I'll put it up on the shelf for you, and and you can spend it the next time we go off. And he said, "No, but it's my euro." He says, "I want to hold it. I just want to hold it." So, I was in the kitchen, and the kitchen you can see straight onto the sitting room. So I was able to watch him. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he um 
he was kind of tossing it from hand to sitting on the floor in the sitting room, tossing it from hand to hand and, mm-hmm. you know, putting it through his fingers, that kind of thing. And I must have looked away. And the next thing he said to me, Mammy, my euro is gone. Oh, and so I came, I walked into him and mm-hmm. I said, well, where did you drop it? And so he said, I didn't drop it. And so I'm looking everywhere all over the floor. I said, you must have dropped it somewhere, you know. And he said, I didn't drop it, Mammy. He said, it's gone. Oh. And I said, well, where has it gone? He said, I swallowed it. You know, and I said, you couldn't have swallowed it. And he said, Mammy, I did. I swallowed the euro. And he said, it's gone now. He was only worried about the euro being gone, you know. So um, I, I, I didn't know whether to believe him or not. I checked okay. his throat. Yeah. There was, you know, he was okay. He was perfect. He was just worried about he getting his euro back. Okay. So anyway, I, I rang the doctors. Yeah. And they said to bring him up. So I brought him up, and my GP, um, he said, oh, he couldn't have swallowed a euro. And I said, well, I think he did, I said, because yeah. he's, he said he did. Yeah. The euro, I searched the whole sitting room, you know, where you're sitting. The, I can't find the euro. All his clothes, I've searched them. And so he said, I really don't think he swallowed the euro. And so he said, but look, in case he did, you're going to have to watch his stalls for the next four days. Mm -hmm. And he said, if um, in four days there's nothing, we'll send him in for an X-ray anyway, just in case he did swallow it, you know. So I did this. And then on the fourth day, there still wasn't anything. But then um, I was about to ring the doctor, and then he actually wanted to go to the toilet, checked his stall again, and here was the euro. Okay. So he had. I say you were you were relieved, to say the least. Very relieved. Very relieved. You know, and the doctor still couldn't believe it. You know, I rang him to tell him and he still couldn't believe that because he was only three years old. So he only and he wasn't a big child, you know, Mm -hmm. he only had he wasn't a big build or anything. And how was he? How was he? How was he subsequently? He was perfect. He didn't even know he had passed it. So it actually, the euro didn't do any damage. Yeah, God, the doctor yeah. was just amazed that he got it got it down, you know, yeah, and it true. didn't lodge in his throat or anywhere. Wow, and went through a system. Yeah. 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 Stayed okay. there for four days you, and then came have, out. Have you told him the story, Julie? Yeah, he doesn't believe me. <laughs> Why, not? He says, I, Why not? Why not? He says, I didn't. He said, you're making that up. I said, I am not, you know. And he, he he's always been fond of money, even then. <laughs> uh, but when I showed him the euro, um, he says, oh, I don't want that, Mammy. I don't want that anymore, you know. Okay. So, well, yeah. uh, the other thing is, well, now I know um, the button batteries, we know them, and the the coin-shaped battery are around longer than we think, but they weren't as common 23 years ago as they are today. As I said, you no. go into any shop now, most shops, and you'll see at the checkout, you'll see these flat cards with 23, 24, plus 10 free of these little uh, button batteries of different sizes for your watch and you, for your key tracker and for various That's other right, things. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, did you yeah. keep? Did you keep the penny? 
No, I didn't. I didn't keep the euro. He didn't want, and I thought, no, I'm getting rid of that. It was actually black. Okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that that ended well, but we're now realising yeah, that I. We're now realising the danger, the danger of those batteries, because they, yeah, they the obviously... Yeah, batteries are a different story altogether. Yeah. It's just when that lady rang in, and that poor lady, I mean, she went Marlena, through yeah, hell, yeah, you yeah. know, and it is so dangerous, but I I just thought I'd ring in about the aura yeah. anyway. But <laughs> even her, her line at the end, Julie, when I said to Marlena, how are you? And she says, yeah. I, I have a son. Well, what yeah. a remarkable answer. I have a yeah, song. Yeah, that says it all, doesn't says it? it all. OK, Julie, yeah. good, good. I mean, my thanks, Julie. And kind regards to your to your money. Uh, uh, <laughs> money. You're, t- tell them you've told it on national radio, so it is true. OK, Julie? Good on yeah, Good. Veronica. You, Bye. Bye, Julie. Bye. Veronica. Another Hi, an, an, Another warning. I would never have thought yeah. of this. Please, please give out okay. this warning. Sure, listen, I'm charging back to work, so I literally have two okay. seconds. I, right. just, I just want to say a lot of um, children, well, all children who wear bilateral hearing aids or yeah. cochlear implants, they would have regular, their parents would regularly change their batteries, yes. and they are those small button batteries. Wow. Now, I know there's various different types, yeah. uh, but they would be, they're, they're, they're packets in, stored in every house of a parent with a child yeah. who is profoundly deaf. So just, yeah, just an extra word of warning about that. Yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, that's, okay. that's just well, all I wanted to say. And that's, okay. th- that's more than enough. Thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you no so problem. much. Okay. Joe, okay. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is the text number. And for voice messages, if you want to leave a voice message, the simple new number is 87 488 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. We're talking about this uh, horrific case, um, and you heard Marlena. She was uh, spoke to us in great detail, Marlena Sikorsky, about what happened to her son in 2018. He was uh, only 14 months at the time. He was crawling, and, I, and she was getting the house, as everyone has to in those scenarios, ready for the crawling uh, children, you start going for edges, you start going for stuff they can grab, you start putting stuff above them. And next she noticed uh, Aaron was over at a drawer which he pulled out and he was uh, coughing and she realised, oh, she suspected, she suspected immediately that he had taken up one of those little button silvery batteries, coin shaped and popped it into his mouth. And um, she was uh, extraordinarily distressed. But as, as she told us, it took her nine and a half days um, to actually uh, achieve an X-ray that immediately discovered the kind and they are the the kind shaped battery. They are they are uh, horrific. Uh, the, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. And I know you're you're a medic. What this is a yes. horrific story. It's your nephew. Yes, my nephew in Germany. Yeah. They had four children, and this was the last little girl, about two and a half. Okay. And you remember, Joe, I'm sure you got these little toys as well brought from one company or the other. I had yeah. them certainly in my surgery. They were on a stand, yeah. and uh, there were little things hanging from it. And when you got bored, this was the, the reason or the, to, for you to play with it, and you would hit it on one side, and they click on, onto each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah. know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. Yes. And uh, anyhow, my nephew he he developed the uh, windmills to produce electricity in Germany, northern Germany. Okay. 
Yeah, and they went on for one of their first holidays to Spain or Portugal. I'm not quite sure. So anyway, the family went off, and this little girl had temperature. Okay. So they were a bit concerned, and because it was a very precious little girl, they called the doctor. The doctor had examined her and said, mm. give her some paracetamol. So they were happy to have, see, have her seen. They went to bed, and they put her beside her in the middle of them. Mm-hmm. And when they woke up in the morning, she was dead. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. No. And anyway, there was a post-mortem. I cut it now very short. No, you're fine. There was a post-mortem. And what had shown on the post-mortem, you know, this, the baby had, the, this little girl had swallowed these little items. They had gone into the small intestine. And you mm. know how the small intestines are. They are going one on top of the other yeah. and into yeah. the other. Two of them had contacted, had attraction, the, the magnetic attraction, and had caused an obstruction. My God. Can you, can you understand? And that, of course I can. And, and, that's... And, and that's why I'm ringing up to warn everybody, because yeah. these things must be like the small batteries, to remove them from everywhere. Yeah. Because children... Yes, you know, they play with everything. Yeah. And yeah. that child was dead, and you have no idea what it did oh to that family. Oh, my God. Oh, he God, went every to... morning to the churchyard, some Friedhof, as we call it in Germany, and, yeah. oh, he felt so bad. And there is a candle burning in front of him, picture every day. Such simple thing caused her death. So I'm ringing up for yeah. the, re- the reason being that you put out a warning about these little magnetic things wherever there is a child in the family to remove them. Oh, and you were talking about the little batteries. They are yeah. magnetic and children, anything sparkling or shiny, they will of play course. with it and swallow. And you know the manufacturers, I know you're a medic, Elizabeth, but the manufacturers yes. say, oh, what we've tried to do is we've tried to put a coating on the batteries, which which is bitter. So if a child yes. does put it in his mouth, uh, him or her, they would immediately spit it out. But that's not how it works, is it? Obviously, because children well, are putting I it in the mouth. I think it is dangerous and that should, it's like poison for children because yeah, they love right. shiny things. They love to put it into their mouth taste it and play with her tongue around it and accidentally it goes into yeah. the throat. And we know we have so warnings about... I to say. Yeah, and you've said it very well and, and condol- oh, condolences to, to your relatives in well, Germany. Well, it happened quite a few yeah, years ago but, but, but still. It is, we cannot even talk about it to wow. him. Wow. You know, I'm here living here in... I'm not living far from you actually here in okay. Okay, But and, um, that is in Germany, okay. in northern Germany. Yeah. Yes. And thank you for, for that, that warning, Elizabeth. So I hope that all the parents will take yeah, note. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Elizabeth. Okay. Thank, uh, thank, you, thank, you, thank, thank you. you for listening to me. And thank, thank you, you for contributing. Uh, Geraldine, good afternoon. Afternoon, Joe. Your, you? your child was around the same age as uh, Aaron <laughs> Sikorsky. What happened? Well, I, I'm going back. It brought it all back to me. It yeah. was about 32 years ago right. in London, living in London, and um, he was playing around, and he just happened to pick one up out of it. It was in a little bowl just left over on the yeah, side yeah, of all yeah. the units. And, of course, I suddenly realised he was laughing and everything, and I realised that he'd swallowed one. It was one of the tiny ones, yeah, the, the bu- very small the button, one. The button batteries, yeah. as we're calling them, or the coin-shaped batteries. Yeah. So, I, so I dangerous. Panicked. 
um, rang the doctors and they did say to take him straight to the hospital, which I did. And he was seen thinking of Marlene and what she had to go yeah. through. Uh, and this was so long ago. They took him straight in, checked him over, x-rayed him, located it. Um, And then they kept him in until he passed it. But they did warn me that they would have to open him up should they see that it leaked. Um, And it was a matter of hours, I think. it was. I can't really remember, but I think it was about... 12 hours or something like that and it, it arrived oh, great. all in one piece Did you see um, the battery the same similar type battery that Aaron swallowed but it got it got caught it didn't yeah. go through a system which would have helped obviously dramatically as it did in your case it's, it's still yeah. you, did, you did arrive and the hospital the minute you arrived they said we need to x-ray this child yeah yeah and as I said that was about 32 years ago now, okay. you know, the okay. long time ago. What yeah. she had to go through was yeah. unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. So, so he's yeah. about 33 and a half and hale and hearty, I hope, Geraldine. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I hope yeah. he is, yeah. Fine okay. young man. Did you, yes. ever, did you ever tell him the story? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, many times. Okay. And, and I must admit, ever since then, any of those batteries yeah. would have been hidden. They would have been put away. Yeah, yeah and that's and where they should... They, you should look yeah. at... You, you, you had the word there, and Elizabeth had the word, and she's a medic. They should be looked at as poison, because that's what they are. Absolutely. They can kill Absolutely. a child. They can kill a yes. child. Thank yes. you, Geraldine. Before the break, Kathleen Keller and Greystones. Uh, Kathleen... <laughs> Yes, hello, Joe. Now, my story is very similar, only in this case... <clears throat> OK, this Elizabeth, case, stayed, stay there, Elizabeth. I'm going to try and get a better line after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. By the way, during the break there, I tweeted on at Joe... Uh, Liveline or X as it's called now. I've tweeted um, advice from the National Health Service from various sort of medical bodies and every one of them I looked up there in the break, every one of them had a red flag over these lithium batteries, these little kind, these these uh, button batteries. Every one of them had a warning and I said, if you suspect, if you suspect, you must immediately get the child and demand, demand that the medics see the child and demand that the child is uh, x-rayed. Kathleen Kelleher again, Kathleen of Greystones, what, what happens? Yes. yes, well, my story goes back to 1973 okay. when I had just had my third child, a newborn baby, and I was in a new housing estate. And I had two little boys, three and a half and two and a half. And I used to bring them into the bedroom with me while I was feeding my daughter, who's the third child, the baby. And they had tools. They were playing with tools Mm -hmm. and hammers and stuff. And the two-and-a-half-year-old said, Mom, I I, I swallowed the the nail. And I said, You didn't? And he said, Yes, I did. So to make a long story short, I brought him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, what he he had been using was a a cop attack. Now, bear in mind, I was sitting at the the head of the bed, and the children were there. I had them under my watchful eye. I mean, they were mm-hmm. right in front of me, so I wasn't. They weren't in another room. I never, never in a million years would it ever have dreamt to me that he yeah. put that in his mouth and swallow it. Never. So we went to the hospital anyway, and they took an X-ray, and they could and see the attack. But Kathleen, the the attack obviously is sharp. 
job, absolutely. And this particular tack, because he had been hammering it, the points, the head of the tack had bent slightly so that it was like a little hook, so that it was even sharper than it normally would have been. It wasn't a straight nail. It was a carpet tack, which was meant to, you know, hold the fabric of a carpet down better than a nail would. So you could see it. I mean, they showed it to me. I I burst out crying. And and the doctor said, have you been all right since the birth of your baby? In other words, (laughs) like, was I a head case? And And so they kept him in. In fairness, they listened to me. Right. They took action. They took an x-ray. This was St. Colin Kills Hospital in Lachlanstown. Right, yeah. And they kept him in until the, they watched him until the, 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 the tack came out the other end. Yeah, and it, they, yeah. He had this, big, had this big silver bowl that, that they used as a potty, whereas here at home I had like a little thing that was like a toilet. Yeah, and yeah. he wouldn't, wouldn't even go into this big silver thing. So I had to bring in his portable potty from home. Okay. And once I brought that in, he sat down and it, and it, and it came out. Yeah. And, and I used to bring in, I had Fisher-Price toys that my mother had sent to me from Boston. And I brought in um, a roundabout that you could wind up. And when I went in to collect them, oh, they said, oh, you're, you're, the, you're the mother of the little boy with the roundabout. That's how they identified him. Because he was sitting playing with all his Fisher-Price toys, waiting oh. for this crooked tack to come out. And but I, I, have, I have no idea how Marlena survived this because... I mean, mine was reasonably straightforward, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't think I slept a wink until this tack yeah. came out the other end. Yeah. It and could have punctured his bowel or anything. And you heard, you heard that, that tape of the child. I don't want to distress people. Oh, I just, did. But this way, I well, I, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm going to play it again, Kathleen, is I want to bring <clears throat> yes, it home to do. people as oh, forcefully yes. as we can. This is the yes. child who's after swallowing. This uh, button battery, this coin-shaped battery, this is the child uh, on the night, about 12 hours later. And Catholic, uh, Marlena is at our wit's end. She's already been to the GP and the GP said um, because there's been a, an infection in the house, oh, it's, it's probably viral uh, paracetamol and fluids. Yeah. He was, uh, our, our room's been breastfed and he couldn't hold down his fluids. But this is what, you talk about you couldn't sleep. This is what Marlena was doing at the side of Aaron's cot that night to try and get evidence that she was extraordinarily worried. This is what she heard. don't mean to frighten the life out of it, but I want to, I want to just uh, go back well, to well, what... Joe, that, Joe you know. I, I'm, I'm so glad that Marlena came on and told her story. Yeah. I don't think I could have told my story so quickly after this all happened. But I, you can't stress how mm-hmm. dangerous everything is. Even to this day, I keep my liquid detergents and my 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 um, fabric softener and all that stuff is kept out of reach. And I have a, um, you know, the cooker has a switch on the wall. Mm-hmm. And when I turn, when I'm not cooking, I turn that switch yeah. off. Even yeah. to this day, even though this incident happened 50 years ago, yeah. Yeah. I can, you know, you can never, you can never ever predict 
what a small child Five, will do. Yeah. They're yeah. so fast and so quick. And oh. I did hear a story when I was working before I got married that um, a grandmother uh, had a, a grandson and he swallowed a button. Okay. And she was able to, she saw what, she knew what happened, and she put her finger down his throat, throat yeah. with her finger and scooped out the button. You know, and I mean, God only knows what would have happened. Now, that was years ago. That was yeah. before I was married. But this story of Marlene is, is part of this general thing with small children, infants, toddlers, um doing unpredictable things that we as adults yeah. would never dream that they could even think of doing. Yeah. They do it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you're highlighting this yeah, for, well, Mar- for the mothers Mar- of all Lane, small yeah. children. Yeah. 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 And well done to Marlena. Mar- yeah. here, here. Thank you, uh, Kathleen. Yeah. Kathleen Keller. Re- Rita. Um, Hi, Joe. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you listening to that story? And Great. Oh, I'm just so empathetic for that woman's plight. I yeah. mean, honest to God, terrible. My story, anyway, Joe, is that 1985, January 1985, mm-hmm. my daughter was born and uh, we took her home. And within a few, I was breastfeeding and everything was going very well, but um, sort of coming up to her six-week checkup, she stopped eating properly and she was very, very distressed and her, her breathing seemed to be very laboured. So her assessment was the next day, so I said I'd bring it up with the pediatrician, you know. So when I went in, um, she assessed her and she said, oh, nothing wrong there, you're breastfeeding, blah, 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 you're just probably a bit Mm -hmm. anxious about it all. Just take her home and enjoy your baby. So I took her home and within about three hours, she was barely breathing. I'm getting emotional thinking about it, but... Um, she just was very laboured. Um, you know, I could lift it up her little uh, top and her, you know, I could nearly see her heart trying to, you know, her breathing in Walk, and out and yeah, everything else. Yeah. So I waited a few hours until my husband came home and I said, we need to call our doctor. Now, our doctor was in the next state and it was dark at that stage, but he ran up anyway uh, to our doctor. And the doctor was in bed with the flu, but my, my, my husband convinced him that if he didn't come down, <laughs> you know, that she'd be dead or something. Yeah, so yeah. he arrived down and the minute he saw her, he said, we need to get her straight into hospital. He said, I'll take her in. You, me, he said to me, you hold her and, and I'll, bring, I'll bring her in. And we drive in. So he asked me on the way in, he said, who was the pediatrician? I told him everything. He didn't say anything about, you know, he didn't scare me or anything. Mm -hmm. He just said, we're going to get her in. So when we went in, anyway, we were sitting there. I was sitting there on my own because my husband was at home with my other child. And um, anyway, the assessment was that she may not survive. (laughs) That was what we were told, that she may not survive. And... Oh, it was just horrendous. I remember going home thinking, why didn't I just say something? Why didn't I speak up mm-hmm. more, you know, at the time? Because she just quite literally said, oh, go home. And, you know, I think it was the breastfeeding thing. You know, sometimes doctors kind of go, oh, it's just the breastfeeding. They, they have to get used to it or okay. something. That's what, my, what I thought anyway. But she was in hospital for about two weeks in a big oxygen tent. She was progressing, but it was very slow. And for those two weeks, it was just, you know, it was mm-hmm. horrendous. My my thing is that doctors should never dismiss mothers, particularly yeah, okay. new mothers, because yeah. you're so close to your child. You're with them the whole time. Yeah. 
the whole time. And you know better than somebody coming from someplace else and just mm-hmm. assessing them. They shouldn't shouldn't dismiss dismiss mothers. That's and, my big argument. And here. what was the diagnosis in in your it was case. bronchial pneumonia okay. and really very bad. Oh, very serious. Pneumonia. Very serious. She was only six weeks old. Oh, you know, God. she was only six weeks old. And um, anyway, she survived. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I take your point. I take your point. Mothers, I know it's a cliche, and we should be saying mothers, fathers, whatever now. But yeah, mother, mothers yeah. know best. Mothers know best. Okay. You, well, back then, they were the ones taking yeah. care of the kids. We were the ones, you know? Yeah, so that's okay. my story. And okay. my heart goes out to that here, woman. Here, here. What she's been through. Marlena. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Joe, thanks, thank Rita. Thanks, Rita. Before Take the break. Care. Thank you, Rita. Larry Murphy's in Cork. Larry, what happens? I'll tell you, um, I'm 77 now, but when I was about seven, yes. I swallowed, uh, I think there was 13 corners on a brass tripping bit that time. Not a tripping bit, uh, yeah. A tripping bit, yeah. The, what what did what did the, the old trip? Was it a rabbit? Was it a hare or a rabbit that was on the tripping? No, bit? no, no. This was the brass one. It was the English one, and oh, there was sorry. thirteen okay. corners on it. Anyway, I remember it well because I swallowed the tripping bit, and then, of course, I went to my mother and I said it to her, and she said, "Ah, you'll be grand, no, you'll be grand. That'll come true. That'll come true. You, you'll be fine." But I had two brothers. Uh, one was ten, and the other was. Maybe eleven and a half or twelve. Yeah. And they had all this going on, of course, and they followed me around for three days, waiting expectantly. <laughs> they were and waiting for I you. They they were waiting. And this is seventy years ago, so they yeah, were waiting yeah, for 70. you to deliver a thruppenny bit to them, which would have been exactly, exactly, because there, there was no. This was out in the country, like there was no toilets. I, I don't know if that's crude or not, but there wasn't, like. Yeah, of course. We yeah. just went, we went where we were, went like, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. But they followed me for three days. I don't know which one of them got to trip any bit. And, and they was, never told me. They never gave it back to you. And that was 70 years ago. <laughs> 70 years ago. So we're looking at what, in, in, in the early 1954. 1954, okay. You don't by any chance, Larry, know what yeah. year was on the trip any bit. Oh, I have no idea. Because, because I mean, if I tell you, I tell you this now: if it had been, and as your brother that got the tropeny bit, is he still with us? Oh, he is. Okay, well then, well then now. I might be checking their will now and saying to them now, I want to mention because <laughs> in nineteen, this was this was in the early fifties, so there's a good chance it was in nineteen forty-three, English uh, tropeny bit three pence. Uh, the 1943 uh, thruppenny bit, as you called it, is now worth, wait for this, are you sitting down, Larry? I am, I am. Th- does your brother ne- live nearby? No, he's in Fermoy uh, and the other is in Ballon Yeah, he's probably, he's probably heading to spend the money now, he's off to Cork Airport, because the 1943 thruppenny bit is now worth €1,158.70. That's how oh, rare it is. Mother of oh, God. God. That much. Yes. Yes. No wonder, no wonder they followed you around. That's to that, buy it. It's so a, rare. That, that's a lot of change <laughs> for tripping that, that passed through okay. my hands. Now, back, <laughs> to a, my hands. back to our serious point, Larry. <laughs> Larry, Larry, Larry yeah. have, you got, have you got grandchildren? 
I have two beautiful okay. grandchildren. Well, will you, when you're visiting them, which I know you will very soon, will you just remind, in case they didn't hear the programme, will you remind the parents, those newfangled, we all think they're newfangled around the world, these, these newfangled little batteries in the shape of a coin or a button, they are very, very, very dangerous. OK, Larry, I have, just... I have them here in a box well, in keep, my utility room uh, up high. Up high, good man. Good man, Larry, yeah, good man. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. OK, Thanks indeed, Larry Murphy in Cork. Oh, God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Uh, Betty is in the UK. Betty, it was your 10 month old daughter. What happened? Yeah, Joan, she was, as I say, a baby, and yeah. she was just sitting on the floor playing. Okay. And I went up the garden to get my washing off the line. Mm-hmm. But in the before I went up, she, I had a wash bag, you know, that we used to keep the toilet yeah, and stuff yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And the plastic inside, I didn't notice that it was stuck to the wall of the bag. I didn't notice that at the time. I just put the bits and pieces in it for her to play with while I brought the washing in. Right. Anyway, when I came in, I thought, my God, what's she done? I could see all this white around her lips. And she had got the side of the bag open. Yeah. There was a bottle of blinking aspirin in it. She even got the aspirin top off the bottle. Which can be hard, yeah. Which is, I can't do it now even. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, the fact of the matter was she was, I immediately got in touch with the doctor, Dr. Sturdy. He came up straight away, had a look at her, and he said, give her plenty of salt water. So mm-hmm. I gave I said salt water. He said, yes, a glass of salt water. So I did the glass. He was there. She drank the water like lemonade. Right. Anyway, so went, that left it at that, and he said, she'll be all right, don't worry. So anyway, well, of course, you take your doctor's advice. Anyway, in the evening, put her to bed. And then I, you know, I thought, I'm not. I was late in the evening, and I thought, I'm not happy with her. Her breathing was dreadful. The lady who just spoke about her daughter with the bronchitis. Oh, sorry, yeah. They got her into hospital. They had to shave the sides of her head Mm -hmm. from her hair because they couldn't get get the needles into her to get the, what you may call it, out of her system. And she was in hospital for over eight weeks after wow. that with bronchitis. Wow. And so just she, such yeah. a simple thing. So she ingested a bottle. It was a junior disprin or was it ass? Junior disprin, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't, didn't even think. They did, were, I said, there remember, was nothing they could, in the bag. Yeah, but it was very hard to open the bottle of junior disprin. And also, remember they used to put a little bit of cotton wall in the top to stop yeah, sure, if it was open. Now okay. you can't do it, Joe. I have a problem now, and I'm 84 trying to open me lemonade or anything. Okay, okay, Beth, mind <laughs> yourself. Uh, good, good okay, to hear Joe. from you. Good to hear from you, Beth. Angela, okay, Angela. God bless. Thanks, Beth. Yes, Joe. Hi. Uh, um, what How happened? What happened? Oh, God, look at this. A golf tee. <laughs> A golf tea, and my son swallowed a golf tea. Yeah. Um, I live in Mayo, and we went to Dublin for a few days. Okay. Oh, years ago, 35 years ago at least. And um, we arrived, I parked the car, and of course mm-hmm. immediately I wanted to go to the toilet. Right. So I went into the toilet, and the next thing I got a knock on the door, ma'am, I said, what's wrong? I yeah. swallowed a golf tea. Oh, good luck. <laughs> oh, my goodness, so... Plastic, <laughs> plastic one, I hope. Yes, yes. yes. He yes. obviously didn't know what it was and thought yeah. it was a whistle. 
so he tried to whistle through it and instead he inhaled it. And it's sharp. Yeah, exactly. And where did you yeah. run? Where did you run? So I had to run. I can't remember how I ended up here going straight to the hospital. Well I think done. it was Crumlin. Well yeah. Done. Yeah. I went straight there and the first thing they did was X ray, which I can't get over the fact that yeah. that poor woman's Nine child wasn't X rayed. I remember yeah. the radiologist to their, to their credit in Galway, the university, the radiologist the minute they saw the X ray, they ran out to, to, to um Yes. To Marlene, I said, yes. there is something there. There is something there. So yeah. any, anyway, and how was how did yeah. they get rid of the golf tee? So anyway, um, they they x-rayed and they could see it in his stomach. So they told oh. me it was fine. He, he hadn't he hadn't gone into oh, okay. his lungs or anything. Right. And he was actually fine. He was, you know, okay. panicked really. So it came, it came so through they said, later. They yeah. said, watch the pools for yeah. a week. Yeah, and okay. uh, we did. Yeah. And is he, does, he <laughs> play, does he play golf? It emerged a completely different colour anyway. Okay. Does he play golf now? Yeah. Well, sometimes he does, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Andrew yeah. Gonna have Jeffrey McMaster to finish. Jeffrey, you're in a hospital hello, having hello. you're in a hospital having your tonsils out. What what happened? That's right. I was in a hospital in, in Sligo, from Sligo, uh, as a child. And in the bed next to me was a boy who had swallowed a needle. So uh, the treatment for him was sandwiches with cotton wool as the filling. And he eat those for a couple of days, and uh, he, I think he left hospital around the same time he as sw- my Hang on, he swallowed. He, he swallowed a needle. He swallowed a needle, yeah. And the remedy was sandwiches with cotton wool as the filling, and he ate sandwiches. And he ate the cotton wool. Yes. And the idea was that the the needle would lodge in the cotton wool, and the cotton wool would travel and exit. That's right, exactly, and it did that. Okay. <laughs> oh, good God. Anyway, we're back. We're back. Thank you, Jeffrey. Jeffrey McMaster. We're back to um, that serious, serious warning about about lots of things. By the way, someone's saying uh, her dog swallowed one of those lithium batteries. So be careful around that as well. On sound, Jamie, Jamie Doyle, BCO Shane Galvin, producer Nadine Maloney, Ray Darcy next. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or... Email joe at rte.ie.